0: Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Alright, welcome everybody to episode number 39, the message board geniuses podcast. This is who's I've got Casey joined MBG. It is here. We got football this week. Finally, that in mind, we thought we'd go around the horn have each of us predict who is going to make the college football playoff this year. So Casey. Oh. Give us another one of your internally inconsistent opinions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had Chris Marler on last week, and so I listened to his podcast uh, uh, actually on my drive today, and he switched my my Final Four all up. So basically, I'm just riding his coattails, and I'm going with, right off the bat, I'm just going to just slap you in the face with Penn State. I don't know why, but it's because uh, that's what I heard on that podcast. Um, <laughs> that's know, a yeah, hot take. They, hot, yeah. hot, hot. Drew Alar, the quarterback, they they mispronounced his name about 13 times, but it was really funny in, in doing <laughs> it until Josh Pate came on, and then they, they got it right. But uh, Drew Alar, he's, he's, if he's as advertised, he's going to be the one of the top picks, if not the top pick in a couple of years in the NFL draft. So I think Penn State's one. I think Southern Cal is another one. I just I, I just think that they're going to make it. I don't think anyone else out of the Big Ten is going to make it. I do have Georgia just lock Georgia in. And then I'm, I'm going to home, homerism it, and I'm going to go Clemson, just because I watched a video today that Dabo Sweeney had Eric Thomas, the motivational speaker on, and he said 15-0, and we'll see in Houston. So I forget what the four that I picked already – that I just said three minutes ago, but those are my four.
0: So just to be clear, Florida State was your, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your pick literally a week ago. A week ago, but <laughs>
1: I don't know what you're talking about, who's
0: Casey
2: needs me. He needed his ally back.
3: Casey's <laughs> taking bribes during the week, I think.
2: Casey's had NIL deals with different schools every
3: year. You know, I really don't
1: like upsetting people. So, like, every once in a while on these Twitter chats and stuff, I see someone that they, they yell at me, and I, I cower, <laughs> basically. I cower to my audience. So I made amends for my Florida State people the other day, and now, you know, screw them.
0: <laughs> All right, Joy, I'm guessing that I can predict one of yours.
2: Okay, who?
0: Possibly two. I assume you're going to have
3: LSU going.
2: I do not. Can there be
3: four SEC teams?
2: I do not have LSU. Interesting. I I have two SEC teams. I think we're going to go back to like old school. I have old school vibes this season. So I'm going Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. I think it's going to end up being SEC Big Ten again. I think Nick Saban's coming for throats. I will not allow myself to get my hopes up for LSU this season. I I hope that I'm wrong, but I'm trying to really manage my expectations. I hope they're there, but I don't I, I can't predict them. And I think I'm the SEC's gonna pissed off Nick Saban, and there's just nothing scarier than that. So I don't really wanna I'm not willing to bet against the tide. I just can't do it.
0: Yeah, he's smiling during press conferences. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. that should be terrifying for everybody. I think we're screwed god i hope you're wrong
2: (laughs) i hope i'm wrong i hope this is a freezing cold take
0: all right mbg
3: well when i looked at it i looked at schedules and there's two teams that i think can go undefeated without breaking a sweat georgia and michigan for the most part michigan will have a tough game against ohio state but if they're undefeated and lose that game, it's not really going to be held against them. Georgia, I don't even think they have to show up until the SEC championship game. So I don't know how you could not pick Georgia. Um, so I think those two are easy picks. Now watch, neither of them will go. But I think those two are easy picks. And then I also think Texas has a super favorable schedule.
1: <laughs> there he so is. So I'm going
3: to say Texas. Well, I mean, honestly, after Alabama – any game that they have that's even remotely difficult is at home. Now what they'll probably lose to Iowa state or someone like that in typical Texas fashion. But so I would pick Texas. And then the fourth one was tough joy. It's either Alabama or Ohio state. I'll probably say Ohio state because they have Alabama schedule is pretty difficult. I think they might drop a couple. So I would say Ohio state four. so that Ohio state, Texas, Michigan, and Georgia,
0: so MBG, you and I are pretty similar. So I said Clemson to the playoff last week, I have to stick with that. <laughs> you don't have to, to.
3: that's say, weird,
2: that's a prerequisite.
0: I'm trying to set an example here. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia seems like the safest bet, I agree. Partially because of schedule, partially because I think they're going to be really good. I agree, Michigan as well, I've got in there, and then the last spot. I head down to Alabama, LSU, and Ohio State. And I'm going to Ohio State, but I don't feel great about it. I think Ohio State could take a step back this year, but they're pretty loaded. So, yeah, I don't I don't feel great. I, and I should preface this, as always, by saying that I'm a notoriously terrible sports gambler, so everyone should fade all of my picks <laughs> for the playoff. But, yeah, that's my four. So we've got some overlap, but... You know, mixing it up a little bit here.
1: Georgia, the common theme, really. Two SEC, two Big Ten. There's a Big Ten team in every one of them.
0: Yeah, it's it's fun. It's hard, and, to, it's with hard, not, to, yeah, hard not to include
3: Georgia in there, right? I mean. Texas yeah. is going to have a Heisman Trophy winner and make the playoffs.
2: How <laughs> much was that in ideal, NIL deal that you signed? I genuinely want to know. Hook them. he's he's drinking
1: that texas water down there
0: (laughs) all right so next up we have our mailbag question this week's question comes to us from twitter user hj who asks you get the chance to go back and redo college but the catch is you have to attend a rival school where do you go all right casey
1: I'll preface this by saying that I, we love all of our listeners, but what a crappy question we get this week. <laughs> all right, I'm just kidding. I actually like this question a lot. It's a I just great I question, being... but I don't want to answer it, if that makes
3: sense. Yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, come that's... on. <laughs> hey, see, If and, you want to go to South Carolina, it's fine. <laughs> no,
1: see, we have other rivals, thank goodness. Thank goodness, because that one didn't even cross my mind. And I'm actually sitting here in Columbia, South Carolina, just blocks from the campus. So I went with Florida State, and it's very surface. I'm very surface this week. Good athletics. The co-eds speak for themselves. And <laughs> when I was in college, Burt Kreischer was in college at a Florida State as well. And I just feel like our paths would have crossed, and I definitely would have spent seven, eight years at Florida State. Uh, I also had another one that said Wake Forest, just because I was convinced that I was going to get into Wake Forest out of high school. And I was so convinced that I didn't even apply
0: if you had hung out with burt kreischer there's like a 30 percent chance you would be dead so i'm I'm glad that you didn't go to florida state
1: i would up that a little bit but right. yes i mean could you imagine me in russia with burt kreischer <laughs> i would have been crying when i got robbed by the by the russians all right joy where are you going
2: Okay, so fun fact, I applied to three schools out of high school and they were all rivals of each other. So I applied to LSU, obviously, and then I applied to Ole Miss in Alabama. I knew I wanted to stay in the SEC. And a lot of actually like people from my hometown went to Ole Miss just because they were all alcoholics. And but no <laughs> Is one Is that was a
1: prerequisite?
2: I think so, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and then Alabama just for obvious reasons. And I genuinely think I would go to Alabama. I actually had a friend that went to Alabama and she was like come tour you're gonna fall in love and I was so anti-Alabama that I was like I'm not gonna go tour because I know I'm gonna fall in love and then I'm gonna end up going to Alabama and that's (laughs) against everything I believe and stand for so I wouldn't even go tour it but I have a feeling if like I could go back in time that might have changed some things so I think if I had to pick a school that'd probably be it and I mean I would have won a natty like three of my four years in college that'd be pretty solid yeah that would be fun
1: Oh, that I campus is nice, though. It's Joy. so nice. Oh, yeah.
2: I, I did go visit, like as a student. I went to the to an LSU Alabama game out of Alabama, and obviously we lost. Thankfully, I didn't go in there with high expectations. But the I, campus is nice, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. And it's, I would have
1: joined a sorority seeing those houses, how big they are. I, I stayed
2: was... at a. I stayed in a, in one of the sorority houses. Well,
0: the Mad Poopers' daughter was a sorority girl at Alabama. She just graduated. She loved it so. <laughs> Yeah, I think it would be a fun place. That's not a sentence you hear very often, by the way. But no, <laughs> I don't think that was in the documentary. The Mad Pooper. Yeah. <laughs> All right, MBG, where are you going?
3: Well, I'm going to tell you who I who I would consider to be our three rivals, and you tell me which one I would choose.
1: <laughs> I know which one it's not.
3: So it, it would either be BYU, Boise, or San Diego State. Given those three, which one of those three would you prefer? San I would Diego say you're
2: State. State. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a gimme. I don't know if you've ever been uh, to San Diego, but it's maybe the best city in the world as far as I'm concerned. So I'd take San Diego State all day, every day.
0: So this one, this was tough for me. I only applied to one school when I was applying to college because I knew where I wanted to go from the time I was like eight. So. Thinking about going somewhere else is weird for me. There are a few I can knock off the list. There's no chance in hell I'm going to Virginia Tech (laughs) or Maryland. So those are out. I was thinking about like Miami and FSU. Like Miami won two natties when I was in college. FSU was 42 and six. But they weren't in the ACC when I was in college, so they weren't really rivals back then. So I kind of knocked them off the list. That left me with Clemson and UNC. When I was in school, Clemson went 40 and eight in football. They were 10 and 2 every year. They were kind of crappy in basketball. One year they went to a Sweet 16. UNC was terrible in football when I was an undergrad, but they went to two Sweet 16s, an Elite Eight, and a Final Four. I was prepared to say that I was picking Clemson out of loyalty to Casey, but since UVA didn't even make his very long list of schools, <laughs> I'm changing my pick to UNC.
1: <laughs> I love Petty Who's. I love
0: them. <laughs> You didn't even get an honorable mention,
1: man. I couldn't get in there. I mean, (laughs) I I was taking admission standards into, you know.
0: (laughs) All right. That's fair. All right. Well, that brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player-coach-team conference mascot, someone who did something particularly dumb in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, Casey got back in the win column. His nominee of Wander Franco got 42% of the vote. Stupid. Followed followed by Joy's nominee of the Tui family with 38%. And Big Honey 69 and the Orioles tied with 10% apiece.
3: I don't know how you can read that poll and not choose Big Honey 69. (laughs) I
0: try. to skew it. I try. You're now now 0-23. So I've got 11 wins. Casey and Joy have... Six apiece. So MBG's now 0-23. It's a frame of reference. You've now matched the 1961 Philadelphia Phillies <laughs> who lost a major league record 23 straight games. So you're in fine company here, MBG. All right, so this week was tough for me on Genius of the Week. I don't know about you guys, so Casey, you want to kick it off?
1: So hard for me as well, and I went with like the first thing that I saw. I can't wait for college football to start this week so that maybe we can have some college football. Maybe I can have some college football-related material, but I'm going back to the well with Major League Baseball. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Arizona Diamondbacks outfielder Tommy Pham got in a verbal altercation with a fan in San Diego on Saturday with both sides alleging harassment a- against one another I don't know if you saw the video but it just really felt like it was one-sided and it was fam towards the towards the fan but I, that's hard to say fam <laughs> fan sorry I need to work on my alliteration here uh that's not this that's not a thing Tommy fam
0: Let's use some big words again. Cause... Yeah,
1: I don't even know what they mean, <laughs> and I don't even use them correctly, which is even, which is the best part. We and don't know anymore. It says English. It says English on it. I think <laughs> I don't know. Can't read. Anyway, he Tommy fan basically doubled down. If you saw the video, he's cursing out this fan, calling her all sorts of names, bad names, awful names, and all the while, the at bat that's going on in front of him is is reaching conclusion, and he's literally walking up to the to to the batter's box and he's still t- calling this woman names. It just re- was a really bad look. And then he doubled down and said, it was just good old fashioned banter with a fan. It wasn't. If you watch the video, Tommy fam is my genius of the week.
0: All right. Joy, who do you have?
2: Um, okay. I'm kind of, I'm like kind of throwing it back a little bit here, but I've got to go with Paul Feinbaum. I was working out at the gym this morning and he was on ESPN.
1: Humble brag.
2: He <laughs> and he was saying that Nick Saban has lost his hold on the world of college football, which he's kind of doubling down because a couple of weeks ago, I think he, he said something along the lines of like Alabama or his legacy is at stake. I'm just really over Paul, Paul Feinbaum giving him bulletin board material as if he needs it. Um, as who's mentioned earlier, he's smiling at press conferences. We're all scared in this. Right. <laughs> So I would really appreciate if Paul Feinbaum could just shut up for a minute and stop saying stupid crap that is so obviously incorrect and untrue. So Paul Feinbaum is my genius
0: of the week. You know Nick doesn't forget anything, right? Yeah, I mean, it. yeah it's all fuel.
2: Yeah, I know. And he's and the funny part is at the end of the season, Nick's going to be like, everyone said we couldn't do it. And we're all going to be like, no, Paul Feinbaum is the only one that said we couldn't <laughs> do it. <laughs>
0: All right, MBG, this is always my favorite part of the week. I got this one. You got this one? Is this the week?
3: There's no way that this isn't the week. Absolutely. (laughs) There's there's legitimately no way that I do not win this week. And all I got to do is ask you guys two questions. Do you like Pokemon? Uh, Of course. Yes. Who doesn't? No. Joy.
2: I've never played it in a day of my life. I swear.
3: Just play along, Joyce.
1: It's a bit.
2: (laughs) Have I ever gone along with the bits on the show?
3: Do you like police officers? Oh, love them! Sure, big fan. Ah, there you go, Joy. All right, then you guys are going to love this. All right, this is out of Alabama. A Calhoun County correctional officer was fired after being arrested for stealing Pokemon cards Saturday evening. The Calhoun County Sheriff's office said Josh Hardy finished his shift at the county jail and went to a Walmart store in Oxford, still dressed in his uniform. While inside the store, the Sheriff's office said the stores loss prevention team reportedly observed Hardy opening multiple packs of the cards, placing individual cards in his pockets. The sheriff said that Hardy began to leave the store without paying for the items and was confronted by the store's loss prevention officer. When confronted, the sheriff's office said that Hardy fled from the store on foot. So uh, this is my favorite. Old Officer Hardy, in his uniform, goes into Walmart, rips off some Pokemon cards, and then hightails it on foot. For that, I mean, Josh Hardy can't not be the genius of the week, right?
0: (laughs) Just when people see Josh Hardy... In the poll, they're just going to hammer it, MBG. I'm with you on this. Mm -hmm. No one is going to say who the hell is Josh Hardy.
3: No, no. They're going to be oh, that was that guy that was ripping off Pokemon (laughs) cards in the Walmart. That's
0: the Alabama correctional officer, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the only
1: the only hope you have, MBG, is people think it's Greg Hardy from the Cowboys that was you know with all the domestic issues.
3: Well, wasn't there a, a wrestler Hardy?
1: Oh, the Hardy Boys. They're brothers.
3: Yeah, maybe someone. I mean, but I think everybody's that makes know more
1: who, sense in Alabama.
3: I think everybody's gonna know who Josh Hardy is. <laughs> I
0: about.
3: yeah, I, I have I, no
0: I have no idea how the voting is gonna go this week because this is usually I have an idea who I think is gonna win. So I'm I'm going with New York Mets first baseman Pete Alonzo. I don't know if we've ever had two baseball players in Genius of the Week. That's that's the kind of week we're, we're should outlaw uh,
3: all baseball talk. <laughs>
0: So a couple days ago, the Mets were playing St. Louis and Cardinals rookie Mason Wynn got his first major league hit on an infield single. If you are familiar with the many unwritten rules of baseball, one of them is when someone gets their first hit, you throw the ball in their dugout so they can keep the ball. After Wynn got on base, the crowd was cheering. Wynn's family was in the stands going nuts. And Alonzo responded by winding up and chucking the ball into the second deck. This is while Cardinals players are around him saying, hey, throw it in the dugout. He literally just whipped it up into the stands. The best part is there was only one out. So it's not even like the inning was over. I've I've never seen a first baseman just throw the ball in the stands when the inning is basically still going on. So either Alonzo is an idiot or an or maybe both. But either way, he's my genius of the week.
1: Florida Gators going to Florida Gator.
0: Oh, is he a Gator? I didn't even know that. He
1: is, he is, Yeah.
3: Similar Taking after Marco Wilson, yeah? Yeah. That's
0: right. <laughs> we can just Not throw great. a shoe up in the stands. All right. So before we move on to our message board posts, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts again this week. The first is with the Sickos Committee podcast. They had a new show drop last week titled, and I love this, Battle for the Bottle of Meemaw's Vicodin, <laughs> where, where they continued their Super Sicko Spinning Selection Preview Forecast featuring the Big Ten, American, and MAC Conferences. Also, we're doing a cross-promotion with the Slander U Podcast. On their most recent show, they were joined by Georgia legend George Foster 72 for their SEC Preview which included topics such as the Georgia underdog story, Alabama's five-thumb quarterback, fighting a moose, track hawks, and chargers, and much more. So check both those shows out. All right, MBG, what do you have lined up this week?
3: Well, I'm going to throw joy a bone here on the first one, on the first post. (laughs) I will say that I'm excited for this football season to start, but I'm also excited for the following season to start just because I want to see Texas and Texas A&M play each other finally. Seems like they've been dodging. I don't know who's dodging who. I guess it depends on who you ask. They haven't played each other for so long, which allows both of them to claim that they're better than the other because no one's had to prove it on the field. And so they're finally going to have to uh, prove it on the field. And Texas A&M fans – uh, they seem a little bit upset that Texas is, is going to be in the SEC with them. So there was this post on Texags by a poster named SBISA Victim. I don't know what that means, but that's his or her name. And the title says, I don't care if message board geniuses make a mockery of this or SIP lurkers. SIP is like a nickname that they use for Texas fans. They call yes. them SIPs.
2: Yep, T-Sippers.
3: T-Sippers. So he doesn't care if, if I mock this. And he doesn't care if Texas fans mock this. And this is what he says. He a copy and paste this link to this thread on their own boards. Speaking of the SIP fans, um, the University of Texas, in my opinion, has never been able to stand a candle against a and <laughs> I think he means hold a candle. <laughs> Maybe that means something else. Uh, nope, no, he know. he
0: was struggling with a yeah. few things in this post. Yeah, that's...
3: <laughs> so Texas has never been able to stand a candle against A&M. AM, since its inception, has always stood above them from a characteristic standpoint to a military standpoint to sustain our freedoms we enjoy today, on down to the people, including the football players, that make our university great. Forgetting the athletic records for a minute, which is probably a good idea for them. To just <laughs> for, for, forget the athletic records for a minute. There is a, re, a reason a replica of a Liberty Bell hangs on the dome. Of the academic building and not in austin i love that and i love how he says in an academic standpoint a characteristic standpoint and a military standpoint <laughs> and just kind of forget the athletic stuff for a minute
1: <laughs> so everyone knows that i'm not the smartest one on this podcast right so texas a and is a military school uh, thank I mean, you but, okay, point, point
2: foundation me. was a military school because when my grandfather went there it was all male military school
1: well Clemson was too but I mean it wasn't like you'll feed her into the army or the navy it wasn't like the naval academy or West Point or the air well, force no. academy or the coast guard academy it was just let's throw some military stuff in some
0: there Roxy stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, throw your
1: hands up in the air and do these weird gyrations with your body to, and th- <laughs> say you're what it always comes down Your to
3: military. <clears throat> there, there was a Mike Leach quote on that, which someone posted in that thread. This is what Mike Leach had to say about the military standpoint of Texas A and M. He said, <laughs> "He said, how come they get to pretend they are soldiers? The thing is, they aren't actually in the military. I ought to have Mike's pirate school. The freshman, <laughs> the freshman, <laughs> all they get is a bandana. When you're a senior, you get." Uh, the sword and skull and crossbones for homework. We'll work pirate maneuvers and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> Such a gem.
3: I it is awesome. I, I did a tiny
0: bit of research on this just to compare the two schools. I don't know if y'all are interested in hearing this, but
3: yes, I'm going to torture you with it anyway. So Wait, he said to put that athletic stuff aside for a minute. It's well, not all,
0: it's not, not all athletic. So he talked about, he did refer to academics, right? <laughs> uh, so, US News rankings of best colleges, Texas is 38, A&M is 67. So, I'd say advantage Texas. I do think you have to look at you do have to look at the athletic stuff, right? So, Texas leads head to head all time 76 to 37 with five ties. Last claimed football natty, Texas 2005, A&M 1939. Consensus all Americans Texas 62, A&M 30. Non football natties, this is my favorite Texas 56, AM 3. And then, but AM has a fake Liberty Bell, so they win. So well, that's that's the tail of the tape there. That was a lot of research. Yeah, it was all Wikipedia. So
3: basically, if you put everything aside other than the military standpoint and the Liberty Bell, and, um, <laughs> and Texas is part.
0: It's a Texas, fake liberty
3: bill. Texas can't stand a candle to those guys.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know why you're making fun of people that misuse words.
3: <laughs> I would never, Casey. I would never. Look, I can't believe how we've we've kind of knocked Texas AM for a couple minutes here, and Joy sits there silent. Is her mic muted or what? No, I'm
1: just I'm she's taking to, it
3: all in.
2: I'm just trying to be kinder. Because <laughs> I get a lot of crap for talking poorly about Texas A&M, so I'm trying. You to-
3: got 30 seconds. You Who's got 30 Kyler seconds. Yes, they're for-
2: just a trash program, okay? <laughs> like everything about them is trash. They hang their hat on the fake Liberty Bell and Johnny Mansell who just had a whole documentary about how he basically ran the school. And Kevin Sumlin <laughs> just got walked all over. Same with Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, they're just a total trash university. And I mean, I hate Texas, too, but I'd rather sip tea and win occasionally than AM. I mean, God, they're just absolutely a joke of a school and a joke of a program. And I hate it all. And I would burn it to the ground like that.
1: Are there any good <laughs> nicknames that opposing <laughs> fans like rival fans call the others? You know, like in Clemson, South Carolina lore, it's they're the coots and we're the taters.
3: Like,
0: See, I think that's awesome. That's what I'm okay dogs. Man. Yeah, it was sippers,
1: corn si- dogs,
3: si- tea sips, tea, tea. tea, tea, tea sippers. Yeah,
1: I don't know, Are they're good. Oh, well, <laughs> do better, fans. <laughs> it was too quiet there for a minute.
3: <laughs> I'm glad, Joy. I'm glad we let you get that off your chest. It was yeah, nice, it was concise, it was clear, your point was well made. <laughs>
2: I mean, it really was there. My point was in what four words? Their program is trash.
3: Yeah,
0: but I think you nailed the thirty-second thing too. That was pretty yeah. good. I mean, it, that's I insane. tried that was, really
2: hard, guys. And awesome. basically, you want to know what's going to happen? You know how on the podcast you can like fast forward? People are going to, and you can fast forward by fifteen seconds. So people are just going to hit it. <laughs> I know how this will work.
3: Yeah, I. You know what? I had to argue in court one time, and the court actually had like an old scoreboard on the wall and the judge could give you X amount of minutes to make your argument and he would hit the timer on the scoreboard and then a the buzzer would go off just Are like in serious? a basketball game. So when that buzzer went off you were done. You and oh, you that's
2: cool. I wish I had that in real life. I'm gonna start walking around and being like you have two minutes to make your point. <laughs> make your case.
3: Yep. All right. So let's stay in Let's stay with teams who are going to be going into the SEC. We talked about Oklahoma last week, and we talked about uh, this whole situation with uh, williams Um I think last week we talked about the fact that Oklahoma thought they were going to get him, and he actually committed to Mizzou. And so he had an interview afterwards, and Oklahoma fans, they do not learn their lesson. They are not giving up hope. And this particular Oklahoma fan watched an interview with Williams and Wanari very closely. This is from a poster named SoonerHawk12 on OU Insider. And he says, reading Nwanari's post-commitment comments, I encourage everyone to review multiple sites post-commitment comments with Nwanari. Did he seem happy? Most commitments I see when they commit to the school they want are smiling ear to ear. But if you look at his dad and Will himself, you can tell something is off. The only one who looked happy was his mom. And during the interview, his mom kept looking at him and you can tell Will was looking back at her. I think he wanted to say what was on his mind, but like Parker, Parker Thune said, Will is the kind of kid who will do anything for his parents. And those interviews are a stark departure from what has been reported on from multiple insiders from different sites. I encourage all of you, again, to watch the different interviews with different outlets. The body language and comments to the questions from the interviewers tell a lot about where Will's actual heart is. So this guy's not going to take... He's He is not going to accept the fact that this kid is not going to commit to Oklahoma. And you can tell by the body language.
0: You know what the best part about this is? Oh, you wasn't even the second choice. You <laughs> wasn't even in the top two. Georgia was the second choice. He, I think he said it was down in Missouri and Georgia.
3: Absolutely. But, you know,
1: in his Probably first
3: that. his first high school game, he wore Oklahoma, his Oklahoma gloves and I think Oklahoma cleats. And I think Wait, that, the
0: cleats were nice. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I think that rekindled this this hope again for Oklahoma. I don't know if that was before or after this post was made.
1: And I saw an interview with him when I think it was an Oklahoma beat writer that was asking him questions. And basically it was just like, oh, how do you feel that you let some of the Oklahoma fans down? And like, it was so pointed. It was just like really kind of awkward and cringeworthy. What do the kids say? Cringe. It was so cringe AF the questions that they were asking. This
0: you know kid. how hard my daughter would roll my eyes at me if I said that, right, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny to me So Parker Thune and some of those other people, there's been a lot of stories about how his mother like ran the whole process, his mom got a bag and all this stuff. It seemed like a surefire way to get a kid to flip to your school is to talk about his mama you know what i mean like that just seems incredibly stupid and short-sighted to me because why in the hell would he ever want to go there after they're doing that you know Correct. cringe yeah cringe cringe af <laughs> I, I
3: i don't understand after a kid commits somewhere else why you're continuing to dwell on it watch and read all of his interviews and try to read between the lines and assess his body language i don't I guess I I don't understand that.
0: Well, uh, some fans have really dwelled on it. There was another message board post from Born Sooner who said, <laughs> "I will tattoo his face on my back if he flips to Oklahoma."
3: <laughs> and that makes me want it to happen. So, you know, one Oklahoma fans already has lost his balls and dick. We read yeah. that last <laughs> <week>. <laughs> because he bet on that. Lots of body
0: modification going on in Oklahoma yeah, right those now. Those poor people.
3: And now we got a tattoos at stake. Some you can get some eighteen year old kid tattooed on your back. Weird. My favorite thing
2: about this is that um, as soon as a player commits somewhere, fans forget that kids decommit and then like go to other schools right. all the time. So. They just tweet at them and tell them how crappy they are. Like why they suck. And, and like, your mother, right? I mean, <laughs> would y'all just shut up? Like there's a solid chance homeboy could decommit and come, and y'all just ruin it. Like, right, because you know, it's dude. just a
3: verbal. It's just a verbal. It's a literally, just
2: verbal thing. I'm like, guys, he didn't sign his letter of intent. Like it's not National Signing Day. Please calm down. Well,
3: that's already happened with them this year with that Peyton Bowen.
2: Oh, true. that's right. That's
3: right. They ripped him a new one and his girlfriend. And then I think he verbally committed to Oregon. And then he changed his mind and committed to Oklahoma. And it's like, hey, they've got to take it all back. Just kidding. It it happened to them months ago is all. Um, But some people never learn, I suppose. Shocking that Oklahoma fans wouldn't learn. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) They're so friendly. I mean, maybe they played a little too much Wee football, took too many shots to the brain. I don't know.
0: The seamless transition, always.
3: Speaking of peewee football, <laughs> there was a post on the bunker, which is an Auburn board um, by a guy named Scuff. And he was talking about Wee football. Uh, he must have read our minds he said he said this he said so my eight-year-old is playing peewee football this season in the atlanta area joy you can maybe go check this out Uh, his coaches all played college football and are way too into it my eight-year-old has been running till he pukes several practices not joking they run him till he pukes and he's in good shape the game lasts all of 30 minutes and the kids barely lose their breath during the actual games in practice. The coaches seem to think they're in some kind of dumb bear Bryant movie. <laughs> okay. I want my kid to learn football and I want him to be tough. He loves football and a strong, tough little kid. This is ridiculous in my opinion. And here's the good part. He says, I played football all through high school. I fractured a vertebrae cracked my sternum and kept playing until I broke my neck and couldn't play anymore. I never puked, ever. Well, other than swallowing skull you kept in your mouthpiece to spit it in the other team's eyes. Sometimes it went down your throat if you weren't careful. Is this kind of psycho peewee football a common experience for others? Is it normal to push kids uh, this hard when the game doesn't take anywhere near this uh, this intensity? At practice, the coaches are telling the kids, today you're going to get hurt and stuff like that. Kids are crying and pleading to quit. I, I'm not going to let him quit at this point just curious if anyone else is experiencing this kind of unstable coaching in peewee leagues there's a lot to unpack there's on this one I'm not sure where to start other than what jumped out at me was um is it common to spit skull in your opponent's face i mean yeah, that
0: guy's calling these coaches psychos <laughs> <laughs> I broke my neck and spit skull and skull in other kids' eyes when I was
1: playing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was a dirty player of sports back in the day. I would have loved to have done that. I mean, that's just so smart. Like I didn't think of that. Why didn't I think that? In soccer. You know, I played soccer all my life and baseball. Like you can figure, figure it out somehow. I don't know. Rub it some on the, the ball or something. I don't
3: know. Some of that's so true though. Like, you know, when you played little league football, it did not require that much conditioning or effort, but your coaches just like ran the crap out of you. Like you right. were getting ready to, to run the Boston marathon or something. Um, I mean, and you were, I mean, you were out there, you know, you'd run for a few seconds and you'd huddle up for another few seconds then run a little bit, but you know, they acted like you needed to be in, the, in great shape. It's well, funny. What
2: else are you exactly supposed to do with kids that age? Like, it's not like they can learn that much.
3: No, you you run sweeps. That's pretty right. much it. Right. <laughs> so, like, you buy the one What else are you going to have them
2: doing for all that time?
3: Yeah, I don't know. It's wild. My daughter cheers at peewee football games for kids like under 10 and i watch these coaches and they take it so serious every game they're slamming of clipboards and they're yelling at kids grabbing them by the face mask it's the most insane thing i've ever seen
0: oh, and related to that my favorite part of this post was almost in one breath he says kids are crying and pleading to quit i'm not going to let him quit Like. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: some solid parenting right there.
0: <laughs>
2: it's like that.
3: varsity
1: blues right here.
3: You got toughen them kids up.
2: I would love to know where this league is. I would go watch.
0: Yeah, it sounds awesome, right? If it's not your yeah, kids. My my favorite response to this. I don't know if you all said it. So it may have been a quote tweet. It just said this long thread was written by someone waiting in line outside Beef or Brady's. Which <laughs> I <thought was> cool. <laughs> <laughs>
3: There's no doubt about that. (laughs) All right. I got another post here. This is from a Nebraska board. Um, We're getting ready for the season to start. And this guy apparently was thinking of ways to get the team and the fans fired up at uh, Nebraska home games. So he came up with an awesome new Nebraska football entrance idea. This is a guy named Rufus Barchetta. And I was surprised at how many people responded to this and said that they actually thought this was a cool idea because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Not having to each their own, I guess. So he says, basically, we have rows of real corn stalks lining the tunnel walk and covering the the front of the entrance to the field. Each player comes through the corn and bursts onto the field to the cheers of an excited crowd. We could still keep serious, but add a fresh dimension of anticipation of the entrance of the players. I love it. I think it's a, You really do love it, Casey? I, I do. It.
1: I mean, it's, I'm a huge fan of, of what's that movie with Kevin Costner? Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. I I just feel like it's, it's got some Field of Dream vibes to it.
0: And some Children of the Corn vibes, too. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're dating ourselves with that one. But yes, yes. That was one of those movies that literally scarred me for my entire life.
0: Well, I mean, there's nothing that gets Gen Z. This is Gen Z players right now, right? Do I have that correct?
3: I think so. I All don't right.
0: know. Nothing, nothing that gets Gen Z kids more fired up than corn. So, <laughs> you know. <okay>. you <laughs> saying on
1: recruiting trips, they might not like getting, like, corn stalks stuck in their pads or something? <laughs>
0: have, you ever, have you ever been in a cornfield, by the way?
1: Oh, It'll
3: corn slice corn. your
0: ass up, right? Like, if you're running through corn stalks and stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know what what the thought process was here, but I obviously don't think it's as cool as a lot of Nebraska folk do. But
0: every I, Nebraska fan thought this was a fan, like literally, nine out of every ten responses from was from a Nebraska fan saying this would be awesome.
1: <laughs> I just equated to other entrances, like I mean, it's better than some dude that goes into a shower and turns into a chicken. Or you know a school that plays a song that's called 2001, and we're in 2023. Um, and yes, it's I'm all just talking about South Carolina.
0: <laughs> so, so I mean, Nebraska obviously is associated with corn. What would what would your school's entrances be if you did something similar to this? I was trying to like hello, oh, yeah, joy, yeah. <laughs> A field of corn dogs, a
2: field of corn dogs. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, that's what I think other people would pick, but we would do like probably crawfish or something. Like- yeah,
0: there you go. So, I was thinking our players would have to run through a gauntlet of wine and cheese on their way into the field. <laughs> that would probably be the perfect UVA entrance.
3: That's very intimidating. Yeah.
0: <laughs> our whole stadium experience is intimidating. MBG, yeah,
1: I think like all of our players come out from like a down low in a pool of pimento cheese yeah. <laughs> come out dripping from the pimentos all over them and stinking like that terrible terrible invention and i mean they win right walking out of the bus yeah we're, listen, we're just
0: spitballing these are all great ideas i think
3: yeah send send emails to your athletic director <laughs> if at Carla, hear me out <laughs> all right Let's finish this off with uh, one of the best posts of this whole week. This was yesterday. And I don't know if you guys, if your schools have this one particular donor that kind of funds the entire athletic program. A lot of universities have those. Um, And this post came from a Miami board, and they're all upset at Florida State because they're really recruiting well right now. And so they've accused uh, Florida State of some dirty recruiting. One person in particular. This is from a guy named Palm Valley Kane. He says, and there's some asterisks in here, um, some edited words here. So I'm not quite sure what they're supposed to be. So I'll do my best. It says, FSU is doing some shady stuff. I'm sure that's exactly what it was shady stuff. There's <laughs> <second.
1: laughs> a lot of asterisks there.
3: Uh huh. Apparently, there's a huge chicken farmer up north, like in Delaware. He was one of the only farms that missed the avian flu or some stuff. And he made so much money. Dudes throwing it all, dudes throwing it all kids for interest, really hoping it doesn't get them to stick. I don't really, I, I read that word for word there. It doesn't make sense, but you get the gist here. The bi weekly pay thing is legit. He then posts another post to kind of elaborate further on this. He says, Mentioned this in the Patterson thread, but FSU is shady shady AF, I guess, as Casey would say, this cycle. (laughs) Some Delaware chicken dude that basically made a killing because if the avian flu is the secret stash, they have a dude in Atlanta and Tampa too, even some student, in quotations, in tally that goes by the name of Nico or something that does a lot of the handoffs. The reason for this surge in recruiting is because they lost D Jackson, who has been their best player. Also a bunch of the transfers they, they overpaid for are getting huge heads and sitting out practices. They know the season is going to implode so that they're trying to lock, lock the recruiting class in because they think they can go seven and five to eight and four, even with all this camp issues. So basically they're throwing some stupid money around because their camp has been crap. One Delaware dudes is close with 247 staffer, so they just report whatever Mike tells them. It's shady AF. And then, as if people didn't believe him, he posts another post. <laughs> he tripled down. <laughs> he, and he says, people think I'm insane about this chicken farm stuff. They even have a shop set up in Broward, and he apparently went to the Secretary of State website in Florida and found an address for a place called Delaware Chicken Farm. Um, <laughs> So, did, Casey, I mean, you're down there in the ACC. Did you know that the entire Florida State program was being propped up by some chicken farmer in Delaware?
1: I mean, the writing was on the wall, MBG. You know, you just had to think it was either a chicken farm or – actually, that's the only option. <laughs> um... Yeah, the, the
0: age-old story of Delaware chicken farmer profits from bird flu and builds college football dynasty.
1: Right. Well, I, mean, we, I mean, what did he do differently yeah. than every other bird farmer to, to avoid the avian flu? It, it <laughs> feels like the, that poster knew that every other chicken farm in the world had <laughs> avian flu except this one guy. And then because of all the profits, you just send it. What what would you do, MBG? It's obvious. You send it right to Miami. Mm-hmm. Or exactly. Florida State. Sorry, right to Florida State.
0: Well, the, the best part is, so last year, if I remember correctly, Miami fans were all calling – FSU broke during recruiting because John Ruiz was you know pumping a bunch of money into their recruiting efforts and now they're claiming that FSU is getting dirty money from big chicken all of a sudden so mm-hmm. you know they can't really uh
1: big chicken <laughs> not not to be confused with big cutlery like right. uh... <laughs> that false graph are gonna get you I can't get my jokes out tonight.
3: does this change your picks though Casey you waffled on Florida state and now it's been discovered that there's some Delaware chicken farmer that's funding this whole operation
1: yeah I did have a busy day today so I didn't get to research as much as who's but this might this might ask me again next week my prediction to the final four and (laughs) we should do that as a bit every week just ask you (laughs)
3: in the playoff
1: each week it might change (laughs) I don't know (laughs)
3: I didn't know Delaware was such a chicken hotbed. But- I thought it was a
1: blue hen uh, hotbed. Yeah, that's right.
0: Is it? Are there a bunch of chicken farms in Delaware? I mean, yes,
3: there are. Casey, <laughs> Casey, you're shaking your head no, but I looked it up, and one article I found said that it was the figurehead in U.S. chicken distribution. Wow, really? I so have no
0: idea where it's where companies go to incorporate and where people go to grow chickens. That's the two things that Delaware's got, and it no says, sales tax. There's
2: one yeah. part of this that I really hope is right. And I hope that they have had a crappy camp and that they are not ready.
1: <laughs> Next Sunday. So I
2: hope, that- I, hope, I hope he's right about this. I hope everything about this is true, including that part.
3: It says Delaware's chicken industry celebrates a century in business. It broke through to $5 billion in 2022 Interesting. in poultry sales. So we laughed at this guy, but there's, I mean, the chicken money in Delaware is is flowing. This is now a chicken
0: farm podcast with yeah. all these uh...
1: where there's smoke, there's fire, and yeah. where there's fire, there's Chick fil A. And so
3: the... Nico down in Tallahassee is just running the show horrible. down there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was cringe, it was cringe.
0: I was just letting it
1: go, I was, I was not
2: gonna let it go.
3: <laughs> Glance over it, but. Let's As someone back, that grew up it. at
1: a bordering state of Delaware, I didn't even know Delaware existed.
3: I couldn't find Delaware on a map. If I'm being completely honest with y'all, if you showed me a map and said point to Delaware,
2: I'm I would know like sure. the general would, direction, I but it. I couldn't, I couldn't pick it out.
0: I, I can't, in good conscience, living in Maryland, make fun of a tiny state that no one can <laughs> find on a map. So, okay.
1: <laughs> and you're a bordering state too.
0: Yeah, we are. Yep. The irony here of Miami fans who have been celebrating John Ruiz for like a <laughs> year, right? And then bitching about another program being shady is hilarious to me. I mean, is there anyone shadier in college football right now than, you know, what's going on with some of the Miami stuff?
2: Well, AM, but. <laughs>
3: I mean and a chicken farm that's an honest living. That's a good honest living.
1: Yeah, it's a good day's work, right? Exactly. He's probably that guy is probably working long hours.
3: No one looks at a chicken summer. farmer and says, Oh man, I bet that guy's running some shady business over there. So we can have FSU players
0: running out through just a field of chickens before the game too, right? We can <laughs> we can tie this whole thing together.
1: And just we dollar must... bills flying out from behind right. them like in the cartoons. <laughs>
3: Most definitely. I don't think this chicken farmer's is like the. Do uh, you guys ever see Napoleon Dynamite? Of course. Of course. The chicken farm. He works on that chicken farm. I, I love that guy. That old guy. You can't understand yep. anything he says. Yep. I don't think that's quite the guy we're talking about here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll have to monitor this one, MBG, and see if anything comes out uh, as the season goes
3: on. I'm monitoring the situation closely. <laughs> So I'll, I'll let you know of any recent developments. All right. But keep your sure. eyes on Florida State.
2: <laughs> oh, My eyes are on them. Don't you worry. <laughs> Casey's will probably be on them next week. But then That's
0: not. right. Oh, we yeah. yeah, you might put them back in the playoff now, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we may have swayed we'll Casey's opinion. We'll see. That infusion of big chicken money.
3: <laughs> That's all I brought, guys.
0: All right. That'll do it for this week's episode, the MBG podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers.